What's up, ladies and gentle thems? I am Shinigami Pinpin, and I'm joined by Shinigami Yu and you are listening to the Shinigami Love Apples podcast, episode six. Uh, kind of weird to think we've already been doing this for a month and a half. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to make time fly unnecessarily quickly, and we're mm-hmm. going to get to episode 50 and be sitting going, fuck, where did the year go? <laughs> It's yeah. just, it's going to be probably a little stressful and I need to adjust my mic height because I am not that short. Uh, you know, <laughs> sit up straight, you know, correct posture, all that. No, I'm going to lean back. <laughs> just lounge around. <laughs> uh, anyway, how are you, you, you? How was your, uh, your week? Um, well, I actually get to speak this time. <laughs> no, I, I could change that. Uh, Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I had a great week. I not only did I have President's Day off, I also took Friday off. Uh, so I didn't really do a whole lot. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of it's kind of weird because like we don't take any holidays off except for the major ones like Christmas and Thanksgiving and New Year's Day. Yeah, but then for some reason. I guess I just because because we needed an, another day and but my boss just like decided that was the one. I don't know. <laughs> but do you get off for like MLK? No, that's the thing. We don't get <laughs> any holidays off except for the main ones. And then for some reason, also President's Day. Right. Also, <laughs> even though logical. we had the day off, most people still worked and I was getting tons of emails and like why aren't you Slack <laughs> messages and stuff? No, 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 not asking that, but just oh, okay. assuming that I was still working, they were just like, hey, could you just do this real quick? And I was like, no. Uh, okay. I, yeah, I, sure. I, I'll put it on the docket. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I had, a, I had a great week. I actually did a lot of reminiscing this week, and I um, have been doing lots of research on how I can acquire um, in a not shitty form, uh, as in like not a completely broken down game okay um but also not super expensive because i don't need it pristine in you know <laughs> in like vga graded yeah. type shit but i really 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 want to play kingdom hearts again and i'll get a little bit more into why but it just like i got this huge nostalgia boner and i just like <laughs> i want to play all these things from like my childhood and kingdom hearts is one of those things when you said you were reminiscing one of the, my first thoughts was are you reminiscing with or without the aid of alcohol <laughs> without (laughs) yeah see the the, the sober reminiscing is the worst because like when you're completely shit-faced it's just like yeah "Yeah, man i have such fond memories of this but then you sober up and like no i I don't really yeah but sober is like sober reminiscing is the worst because you said that you go man i really did like that shit way back when yeah um yeah (laughs) so i'm I'm trying to figure out how i can buy like i need uh, because i obviously i want to buy the physical copy, mm-hmm. but I don't want it to be like scratched to hell and back. And I'm well, not going to spend $3,000 on some pristine, like <laughs> you've just found your excuse to go to Japan and go to like super potato yeah, yeah, and get, or like you could, and at some point we'll probably talk about this and notice I'm making a conscious effort to talk slower since yeah. some of our listeners find me a little hard to keep <laughs> up with. Sometimes I find myself hard to keep up with. Yeah. So I'm just going to sit here and we're going to play this throttle game today <laughs> of how slow can I talk yeah. before I forget and begin absolutely rambling at top speed. <laughs> That's kind of my normal well, pace too. Almost, yeah. Um, it's a little slow. But at some point we'll talk about Japan's love for maintaining everything yeah. 20 years, be- 50 years beyond its lifespan. Right. But yeah, there. I think you just found your excuse to go to Japan. You, yeah. You're going that to go pretty good. to browse electronics. Yeah. <laughs> 
Which um, is a good reason. Yeah. I also, I found this TikToker. I should have found their, I should have wrote their name down actually. Um, because they, they have this incredible Tails cosplay. Ooh. Um, with these Wait, like, like really furry? Like, no, they just do, they do like, um, kind of a humanoid version. Oh, nice. Wow. But the Especially thing that, like, really, yeah, their contacts are, like, cartoon contacts. Yeah. Super, so, they, like, their super eyes vivid. look super flat, yeah. which is really cool. But um, it also reminded me how much I love Tails. Like, <laughs> I kind of just have kind of forgotten, like, I know, I know the meme of Sonic, but I didn't really, like, think about how much it <laughs> mattered to me as a child. And then when I saw them doing this, I was like, damn, I kind of, I like Tails. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like it's a religion. <laughs> It's like a religion. Yeah, you don't appreciate like Jesus <laughs> until you're religious. And then now, oh, no, I really appreciate Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> you're just like, I know of Sonic the meme, but I never entered yeah. the church. And then today I entered the church of Sonic. And now he means so much <laughs> more to me. <laughs> um, also, they're, uh, the cosplayer that I'm referring to, they go by Pip. P-I-P. Wow. wow. They must have been an early Instagram account to get just that. Uh, well, no, their name is Bubbly Pip. Oh, but Bubbly they Pip. Go, oh, yeah, oh, oh, oh. Their name is Pip. Gotcha. Um, and then the, the other thing from this week is I found a new website called Otaku Owlet. It's right. like Outlet, but it's an owl. owl otaku Owlet. Okay. Um, they have a beautiful website. Like <laughs> Top search for someone Google's Otaku Owlet legit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, they have a beautiful website. It's it actually kind of blew my mind because Ooh. I know what it's built on. It's just a normal Shopify website, but like they went above and beyond. It is, it, the back end is crazy on it, and I'm not going to nerd yeah, out too much. But it's nice. a beautiful website. Anyway, I've been test driving them because they have a Marin figure that. So they do. They only do imports. They have tons of like Genshin and Honkai stuff that like you can't get for really good prices. They have a yeah. Nendoroids on here for only 40 and right. 50. Like, it's super wow. cheap and everything. And so I'm, I, was, I was a little skeptical. So I bought a new Inosuke figure because I need more. <laughs> um, but they, I guess, ran out of stock and they immediately refunded me wow. with no hesitation. So I was like, okay, this sounds, they gave me more confidence, but I still wanted to see their like shipping and everything. So I bought a new Miku figure, which um, hopefully is in stock and not. <laughs> okay. Um, so I'm really excited about that. But yeah, shout out to them. Can't vouch for them yet, but I'm really excited. And I hope, I swear to God, I hope they're amazing because I really want this Marin figure. And Marin <laughs> isn't available in the U.S. outside of them as far as I could tell. So I really need them to be legit. <laughs> yeah, this this looks great. So I mean, yeah. I, I don't really have well. any worries, to be honest. But uh, Speaking of figures, um, this week, and I'm, I got to look over my shoulder just to reference. Actually, I'm going to actually pull her down. Uh, yeah, give her a gander. Everyone else can pretend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, see, you know, that was just inevitable, right? Yeah. Luckily, that's mostly empty. <laughs> As I just spilled my coffee, you know, on our workstation. But it's it was just a few drops. But yeah, this so um, this is a visual reference that no one's going to get because this yeah. is a podcast, and that's not how the <laughs> fuck we do things. But I they could uh, pull it up a or couple something. weeks. Yeah, yeah. A couple weeks ago, I ordered a Genshin figure, and this is a one seventh scale Mona from Genshin Impact. Yeah. And I have never owned a figure this intricate. Mm-hmm. She it looks just, so good. Like, and, and for a lot of people, uh, I guess if you're a hardcore collector, getting into like the nerdy details of fabric movement mm-hmm. and, and, you know, water droplets and stuff like that, no one really, 
or no one on the casual collector level really cares. It's just right. oh look, I got another. If you if you collection. look at this figure, just like just it, like it just crosses your path, you probably wouldn't think too much of it. But when you actually dig down into it, you're like, damn, it's just they put so much thought into it. Like I think her, I can't tell if her eyes are. I think her eyes are painted. Mm-hmm. Probably. I think her eyes are painted, which just makes this even more incredible because that's some really good line work. And just like every everything about her from the water splash around her feet, just the little details of how her costume like or how her outfit hugs her body in different portions differently, mm-hmm. including wrinkles around the wrists or around her hat where it's moving with her motion. Uh, I like a detail I haven't mentioned before is like she has a fur collar or like a, some sort of very fluffy collar and getting yeah. that texture right on a, plat- a PVC figurine is hard mm-hmm. and they nailed it. Yeah. But just like she was pricey, right? 180 bucks. But I mean, <laughs> she looks like 180. Uh, yeah. She looks like a 300 dollars figure. Yeah. So, um, just yeah, crazy levels of quality. It's super cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you pointed out to me too, and something that I really enjoy is like, and this is kind of I think I think the makers, Apex, I want to say, who made the oh yeah, Apex Toys for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, they this is something that people were pointing out with Fischl too, but like they were doing the whole like thigh bulging thing where like when they wear tights yeah. or like her little ain't or like thigh bracelet <laughs> i don't know what it's like call it's that. like a, almost like a garter yeah but like, like the, but, the thigh actually like goes around it like like she's squishy and not just painted yeah. on top which is really cool yeah and, and and that's another thing too is again those little details to your average collector maybe just like whatever it's mm-hmm. nice looking figure but to yeah. be able to look at that and be like wow that's some it, like some, you had to think of that and and consciously yes. make that decision. Because like for me, I've never really spent money on figurines. This is the mm-hmm. first. Actually, I have never bought this much anime merch in my life. Like yeah. the best, it's funny because we're making this podcast as sort of like a 10, 15 year culmination of yeah. <laughs> pressure building over 15 years of wanting to do this. But only now are we really like, quote unquote, getting serious. But mm-hmm. um. I've never really invested this much into figures and now I'm paying attention to stuff where I'm like, I'll go to a con and look at figures and go, some of this mm-hmm. is crap and I don't want it, which yeah. is weird. Cause I wouldn't have cared five years ago. I'm like, yeah. oh, yay figurine. And now I'm just like, no, I want it to look good. Yeah. If I'm spending the money. Well, it's like that detail is worth the money. The last um, convention we went to, I was looking all over the place for a, a really good Inosuke and I found tons of him just standing there. Yeah. But I was like, I don't want that. I want him doing something like he's a very energetic yeah. character i don't want him just standing he, he's there. always like, a motion character. i don't think i've ever seen many fra- outside of like a couple meme moments i don't think i've ever seen right. him sit still <laughs> he's yeah, not him much. sitting still is the meme like yeah. that's what's yeah, yeah. him going <laughs> yeah you know, just huffing and puffing maybe well that's the thing too is they didn't even have figures of him huffing and puffing he was just standing casually like like he was at a photo shoot or something it was <laughs> yeah. it was weird i don't understand it yeah um so Backpedaling this week, uh, we've <laughs> last week I asked you you about his week. And yeah, then and I started talking, and then you opened up your coffee, and I was like, you know, or, or it wasn't even coffee; it was our um, the deck of Vita. Yeah, See, yeah, and then just ran you over, and we never came back. <laughs> yeah. So congratulations this week, you got an extra dose of uh, UU, and yay. that's totally made up for it. So, but now we're done with. That. <laughs> yeah, we don't need to hear about last week anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was. I was just, just gonna start bitching and whining. <laughs> <laughs> um. So this week in anime, um. We're going to end up talking a long time about uh, the Demon Slayer to the Hashira training arc. It's mm-hmm. part of our little cinema section. So we'll get to that in a second. But a couple of things. We, we, I, 
I just want to get this off my back because it's bothering me now. Yeah. I know Anaplex does this, and this is their shtick, and that's fine. I understand as a studio that sometimes you have to buy a little bit of production time, buy yourself some leeway, whatever. Yeah. Recap episodes. Mm. <clears throat> they, In my opinion, if you're going to make a recap episode, it has to be extremely tasteful, and it has to cover enough content that I feel like I'm recapping something that's not yeah. fresh in my memory. Yeah. And I want to bring up two examples of currently airing anime that had recaps this past week, mm-hmm. Mashal and solo leveling. Well, I'm going to start with Mashal because it's the positive side. Mashal, whatever. It's already had a full season. Yeah. And then for whatever reason, in the second season, the animation studio just needed to buy themselves some time and threw in a recap. And it was, I don't know, it wasn't horrid, but it did make me, I don't know. It's a recap episode. I can't be too upset. However, solo leveling yeah. had a fucking recap, and we're not even halfway through the first fucking projected season. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to have a spicy, unpopular opinion. I am leaning lower and lower and lower on solo leveling's yeah. rating. It started off really mid for me, and every week it just tumbles a little further down the, mm. this is actually pretty hot shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, it just, just dumpster fire. A... See, I think it was episode seven recap. Yeah. For what? I, mean, I still remember <laughs> episode one like I just watched it last week. Right. And if you're one of those people who, you know, you've waited for some of the hype to die down, you're like, okay, finally I can go ahead and start watching mm. solo leveling and I can marathon six episodes and get a nice healthy dose. Well, congrats, uh, episode seven, and you get to rewatch what you just watched for the last two, three hours. It's like yeah. you just watched a movie-sized or you watched a episode-sized recap of a movie-sized amount of content. Right. <laughs> There's not even enough to recap. They almost, when you watch the recap and solo leveling, it's almost just a direct rip of like one-minute clips from the last six episodes yeah. in chronological order with no additional effort made to really like, mm. no additional voiceover. Uh, sorry, there, there was some, but like, I don't know. It was low effort. Yeah. And I saw that and I went, okay, I was already leaning a little lower on you and now I'm really think you're you're mm. you're getting in the trap it went i was holding at a seven steady and now i'm a six for it and if yeah. it keeps going the way it's going it's just gonna keep <laughs> plummeting for me because it's just like okay i'm having yeah. a hard time yeah when when i saw that you wrote down the recap thing that you want to talk about it immediately triggered me because the first recap episode that i remember is on samurai shampoo they have it is halfway through but it's not really that big of a show to begin with of the first season or there's only one season oh okay um they they did an episode where the boys found Fu's uh, journal, and her journal was her journaling about everything that happened. And they were uh, like, okay. let's read it and see how she perceived it. But the way she perceives it is just the episode you watched. <laughs> and so they did that where they're like, oh, wow, remember when this happened? And then they would just play the fucking episode. <laughs> and then and then they would do like a little like editor's like historical note or something so i guess you kind of get something out of it but the whole time i was just like why am i watching this i'd already yeah. seen this and i was like that kind of got me thinking and i was like well what is like a positive reason for doing this and i couldn't think of a single one no and like why do i need to re i'm watching the show why am i recapping it <laughs> it's it's almost the truth told, most folks who are watching something currently airing are kind of invested into it. Yeah. Just take a break for a week. Yeah. I, like, and by the way, Mashal did this. Mm-hmm. Mashal already had a recap and it just had a one week break as yeah. well. Yeah. 
and and I'm not going to judge them. Again, I understand that a lot of animation studios like game studios mm-hmm. or movie studios kind of beat up their employees to produce their content. And they're offered, uh, often juggling multiple projects at once. So these animators are exhausted yeah. and they need a break every now and then. Fine. Well, but just don't, the thing they, I don't, they don't understand, produce something. The thing I don't understand about a recap episode, especially in anime, is we already have episode tropes. Like, just make a beach episode or... You know, like a, a yeah, fun but, carnival episode or something. But to be fair, you know exactly what a lot of fandoms are going to do. They're going to go shit on that as the, oh, uh, can you imagine like, uh, okay. take free ride. Well, I, would like, ra- I would so much rather a filler episode that we complain about than a recap episode because I don't get anything true. from a recap episode. I just, I'm just thinking from production standpoint, a filler episode is still going to take at least a little bit of work to yeah, make. Yeah, but you have like the interns do it and you don't really need to write much of a story like they go to that's the beach true. or something it's not yeah some goofy that's what i'm saying like okay sure it takes a little bit more effort than a full recap episode but like at least i'm getting something even if it's stupid and people are like what well, i skip this episode i'd rather i'd rather at least be like huh well that was kind of fun we saw so-and-so's boobs or something <laughs> then like yeah why am i watching this well and, and again for me personally i don't care if they needed to take a break take a fucking break that, well that's the other thing too like, yeah just, please take breaks i, I Whatever. <laughs> We're not okay, going to be fine. upset, yeah. And, and that's but the, if you need to put something out, I would much rather be filler. Yeah, and you do, and that's I think the hard part is they don't need to put something out. I think that that's yeah. part of the problem is that constant drive of, oh, we have to have something. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it it is what it is. Um. But moving on to cinema, this is going to be a long section. Normally, we don't have a, a lot in our uh, sort of early sections. Yeah. Um, but definitely today. And I had to pull it up on my anime list just so I had a list of some things, yeah. <laughs> characters and all that. Also, um, yes. slight spoiler warning or maybe oh. a big spoiler yeah, warning. Actually, like this just came out yesterday. Yeah, last night. So this is hot and fresh within the last 24 hours. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we are about to completely spoil uh, Demon Slayer to the Hashira training, which is also mm-hmm. a spoiler if you're not going to go to the cinemas. It is a spoiler of the first episode of uh, the Hashira training arc. Yeah. So I'm going to give you like 15 seconds to figure that the fuck out and <laughs> and, and go peace out and listen to another podcast or mute me for a bit or whatever. Mm-hmm. We'll probably be back in like 15 minutes. Yeah. So if you want to keep listening <laughs> or you can do what we always do and wait for the serious section and you can just scrabble through as long as you hear this, mm-hmm. wait for the music and go, there it is. Yeah. Because we'll still have the music divider. But major spoiler warning. But also hot fresh opinions so you can't beat it yeah uh so like like i said today we went and saw uh the to the hashira training which is a unique combination of the last episode of swordsmith village arc the last Mm -hmm. season and the new season the hashira training arc and it's sort of a it played the it played them back to back with a little bit of cinematic uh, yeah crossover um opinions so i had obviously seen the last episode mm-hmm. of swordsmith village in uh obviously you hadn't when you right. got to go see it what were your thoughts in the last episode of swordsmith village uh i thought it was great i um i thought yeah it, it was it was really fun it was very emotional too even though yeah. i i kind of had a bit of a spoiler myself like i knew um so you get to a part where the sun rises and yeah. obviously nezuko is a demon, so she starts burning up, and he has this conflict between: Do I stand here and shield my sister so she doesn't die, or do I go after the demon that's currently still awry yeah. and is currently like feet away from eating three people? Um, and 
then Nezuko kicks him off because her whole shtick is obviously she wants to protect all humans. Like that's the thing that keeps her from fully turning into a demon. Yeah. So she kicks him off. They have this huge emotional moment. He goes, figures out where the demon's head actually is, finally kills him. Um, it's it's beautiful. And then of course you're sitting there crying because one of your favorite characters just died and everything. And then she walks up and uh, turns out that she it's conquered fine. the sun and yeah. is no longer being hurt by the sun and is actually starting to talk now, um, which is really, really cool. Obviously the fighting was great. The animation was great. A lot of fun little humor bits in there, like um, using the sword before. Uh, I don't remember his name. Oh, um, the, wait, the, the, his swordsmith. Oh, um, because oh, he was sitting there yelling like, "I'm not oh, finished with the sword." Oh, 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 uh, Haganazuka. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Haganazuka. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought you meant the the kid. No, no, yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah, he's sitting there freaking out because he's not done with the sword yet, and now he used <laughs> it, and then he's just like wanting to kill Tanjiro and. <laughs> For me, like emotionally, thinking back to the when I first saw the last episode, um, I I love and hate anime tropes because yeah. the more you watch, the more you predict, the more you kind of vibe that. All right, I I I felt knowing that Ren. Oh man, I really just said at least ten different sentences <laughs> and finished none of them. Yeah. Boy, my ADHD must torture people. <laughs> um, but knowing what I know of other anime and knowing what I know of Demon Slayer, I kind of felt they weren't going to kill off Nezuko just because yeah, I w- super main character. Yeah. It was, almost, it was clearly not going to be a surprise. Yeah. And, but at the same token, I crossed my fingers mm-hmm. and that's for a couple of reasons. One, they did kill off Rengoku in relatively yeah. decent style. Yeah. And that was like a good driving motivation for a bunch of things, including mm-hmm. um, Tanjiro, adopting his hilt into his sword and a bunch of other cool little touches. And then the fire yeah. sun breathing. That, that's how he discovered the sun. Yeah. Uh, or first. Now we know what it's called. First breathing. He first discovered breathing, the first yeah. breathing technique for fire. Um, it, it was great to have those motivators. Mm-hmm. So I, I almost hoped I was like, well, but then I remembered that his whole journey has been to make Nezuko human. Right. And to kill her. Well, it's not just, it's not just his journey, but the Hashira also want to figure out how to make oh, yeah. he, uh, demons, humans, demons again. human again. And the demons also want to figure out how to become super demons. So it was like, there's no way she's going to die. Maybe right. in like the final season they could, I guess, just for like. Oh, can you a, imagine a, that a though? Punch like, to the gut, but like be, it just she of all of the characters does not make sense. Well, and I part of me would admire the writers for having the balls to kill someone off that important. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it just it, the the problem with her specifically. Like I get. If they're going to have the balls to kill anybody, like killing Tanjiro or one of the other main boys... Inosuke or Yuzuki for sure would But because the whole point is that we need to figure out how demons work, it doesn't make sense to kill the one demon that is studyable. Because then you don't have a show anymore. Unless you just... Start over? Well, no, unless (laughs) Welcome to season six. We're going to start over from the ground up. No, I genuinely think they would pull a Jujutsu Kaisen, which, spoilers for Jujutsu Kaisen, give you Mm -hmm. another 15 seconds to... (laughs) To figure out a way out of the fuck yeah. out of here while I say this. Jujutsu Kaisen has killed off the majority of its main characters. Yeah. And just left it. Yeah. That, it, it was, it had the stones to go. But the whole go, point of the show is surrounded by yeah, Nezuko. Nezuko. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you kill yeah. her off, you have to legitimately start the whole thing over, which doesn't make any sense. Unless they just left it and said that, that it's almost this traumatic sort of like. Oh, okay. Yeah. The world ended. Kind of, yeah, Sorry. Catastrophic. That yeah. sounds fucking stupid. I guess it does. <laughs> That's know. horrible. <laughs> I I legit I I will throw all of my merch out. 
I don't give a fuck. That's so stupid. If they do that, I'd be like, wow, good one, guys. Yeah. Yeah. You really tried hard on that one, huh? <laughs> but yeah, you know, it was interesting. No. I was I was kind of... Yeah. The, the tropes <clears throat> meant that you kind of felt it coming. Yeah. But it was still, it was it still was, nice. It was still very emotional, very fun. I will say I felt the way they handled uh, Booby Girl. I'm just going to call her that for now, <laughs> even though I know her name. <laughs> yeah, okay. That was really you. sad because, like, you don't see her at all in the last episode, and she's fighting really hard against, like, the the tough guy. And then all you see is her going, oh, my God, I think I'm going to die. And then everything's saved, and then she yeah. goes crying. And I'm like, okay, well, we could have, like, done a little something. Like, she's cool. Of, <laughs> what I'm kind of hoping for for Kongoji is I hope we see her have her woman's moment. Mm-hmm. Um, because she's probably... I mean, it's going to be debatable now that we have the stone Hashida. We've seen kind of what his strength is like. And I yeah. just cannot remember his name. I don't see his name on the list. I don't know either. Easily accessible. He's, I, I am, I'm in love with him. I really want to There's see something terrifying about him. There's like, there's this undercurrent of wouldn't want to meet him on a dark night sort of thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like there's just something. I, about well, I'm, him. I'm obsessed with monks and that's clearly um, what he is. Yeah. So he's a true, to me, he's going to be my favorite character. Yeah. But He's obviously probably the strongest. Just the fact that he can I would, just yeah. do, just clap once <laughs> yeah. and every single person, every hot shit in the room just freezes. Froze, yeah. But like <clears throat> behind him, I'd honestly say Kanroji is probably the strongest mm-hmm. Hashida physically yeah. and possibly mentally. She doesn't yeah. seem to really get bathed by much. Mm-hmm. Um, She's cool. So I'm really just, hoping yeah. that comes back up where she has yeah. her big moment of Look, uh, guys, I can I'm, run with the guys. Yeah, I am you know? cool. I'm not just yeah. boobies. Yeah, because I, I am definitely concerned about her as a character of the fact that they took her, had her big fight, and then, like yeah. you said, ditched her for Yeah, which episodes. was so weird. Like, I don't understand why they gave up on her in the last second. Like, she was only in the last episode for, like, two minutes, and it was just her, like, being worthless. And I'm like, why? Why did we do that? Well, and I don't want them to turn her into a typical female trope either. Like, I don't want her yeah. to be the... We we kind of needed some titties to get the boys going, <laughs> yeah. And here she is, yay! Yeah, because like, well, th- that's what we talked about last episode that I loved so much about her is that she was a strong fe- female character. Yeah, like she was more than the boobies. That's oh. why I said, <laughs> and, and, and not just strong, but independent. Like she she yeah. she exhibits this vibe of I yeah. can flirt with every guy because I don't give a fuck about any yeah. guy. She's and strong, like independent. That. Not only physically strong, but like mentally strong, has a lot of cool things. Of, like she's just cool overall. She's a strong, independent, pink-haired woman that don't yeah. need, that don't need no monk. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so. I, yeah, I thought that was a little weird. So the last episode to me was it was fine. Yeah, but oh. the beginning episode of the next season <laughs> was it absolutely fire. Was oh, so sick. So stoked. Yeah, it's I'm the first three Hashida for me. Yeah. Or, no, I'm going to correct that. The first two Hashida, mm-hmm. Rengoku and Tengen, impressed me yeah. at the time. Yeah. So Rengoku impressed me, right? You're like, wow, this guy's you know, kind of mm-hmm. crazy. And then you get to the end of season one, and you get to season two, you meet Tengen, and Tengen's just a whole nother level of wow. Mm-hmm. That, well, you know, be able to, able to resist poison and four. just... Or sorry. Because one and two are... Oh... Yeah, 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 you're right. Sorry, Mugen, Mugen, no, you're Mugen right. Mugen Train's three, Mugen, right? No, Mugen Train's two, because Entertainment District is, is three. Yeah. Three. Is yes. This, I, I thought there was two. No, because Swordsmith Village is four. Oh, okay. Yeah. I guess um, the first season is just that long, and I... 
it just doesn't have you're, you're right it's we didn't even meet the hush in for season so sorry yeah. season two you, you get rengoku and you're like mm-hmm. oh wow what a strong yeah, he's cool wow. uh, demon slayer then you get to season three you meet tengen yeah and you're like Whoa. and tengen <laughs> is just this whole other level of doesn't yeah. fear poison yeah is completely over the top yeah extreme mm-hmm. and then obviously you get to the end of that season you go to swordsmith village and mm-hmm. you, l- you learn about moichido who has this wholly yeah. different could probably kill you with his pinky finger kind of vibe of yeah. just terrifyingly quick and terrifyingly yeah. ad- like smart mm-hmm. and i love the fact that the it's it's almost a cold actually it was a cold open technically that's a cold open episode they went straight into yeah the two hashida doing their thing um, but mm-hmm. I love that they introduced um, uh, Shinazugawa, which is the wind Hashida. Yeah. And then um, I'm trying to look for, I'm, I'm, I'm cheating. I'm reading my anime <laughs> list here. Oh, uh, they don't have uh, Serpent Hashida. Oh, come on. Uh, Igudo. That's right. Igudo. Mm. I love that they called open on those two. Yeah. And immediately both are already superior yeah they were crazy to the hush- oh i'm sorry and look at me skipping over chronology which is not fair but mm. like even chronology is a step yeah. above well, I mean, we just talked about how cool yeah. she was so but like yeah. everything <laughs> has been an escalating thing and after mm. a while you begin to wonder how how high can you keep chasing this yeah because yeah, like eventually you reach this sort of i don't want to say a realism cap it's mm. animated there's no realism but you reach <laughs> this sort of cap where you, you stop your suspension of disbelief stops functioning and you yeah. begin to go this is all right that's actually what mm. killed jujutsu kaisen for me mm. was i reached this point where the fights couldn't get any more extravagant and i just i clocked out and i went yeah i'm, I'm done killing characters all is all you've got in your pocket yeah um i am really excited to see more of igoro and uh shinazugawa mm. because they are just unhi- I'm, they're already unhinged the fact yeah. that you could have this mass demon fight which i don't think we've seen at any point we've had a no. monster here and there yeah. but never quite like that yeah and just to go un- absolutely unhinged like that was just yeah, like, they, they killed like a hundred demons in within two minutes yeah <laughs> and just, not <laughs> just that took no damage and absolutely had no hesitation of yeah how to finish their mission yeah and oh my god spoiler Dude. spoilers yeah that you know where i'm going with this i know because you physically gasped <laughs> the fucking infinite temple yeah i don't know what it's actually called infinite's um yeah infinite shrine mm-hmm. oh i was so yeah, hoping when they like, fell through i dude, thought they were just gonna was... go numb i yeah. thought they were just gonna eat them and that was the end of yeah. two hashi i was, and I was kind like, of hoping that because <laughs> yeah i was kind of hoping for dude. that because like you talked about like it is it, I, I want to see more like pain and suffering and things yeah and that would have been so sick to introduce two characters that were like clearly on a whole separate level killing hundreds of about it and then dying like that or even just getting stuck there would have been sick well although i'm happy that they i think we're gonna i think they're gonna do that yeah because they're the only two that have seen it yeah thinking yes mm-hmm. no other no one actually not even no. the master has seen it yeah i, I don't at least he hasn't well, said anything he, but yeah who knows he probably has but like they're the only two that have seen the mm-hmm. infinite temple at this point. Yeah. Um, I don't know if anyone's going to believe them because we've already had a little bit of that sort of like describing yeah. the, the marks thing. Well, it's been was, hard for people to process. Yeah. I feel the like only, describing the thought that I had is they're probably going to bring it up. People are going to be like, that's kind of weird. We need to look more into it. Tanjiro is probably going to be like, Oh, I've experienced this before. Cause he did. He experienced it in, I think it was in the first season when they went into that one area with the the drum 
Oh, dude. Oh, shit. Yeah, the drummer right. boy could shift could shift planes. the roof. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're right. I totally forgot. So, about like that. the three, the three. Actually, it was all three of them. They could all be like, "Oh yeah, we dealt with this already on a different scale, obviously." Right. But like, but still, yeah, they've been there. Yeah. But yeah, I was. I really expect to see them. Because mm-hmm. we're reaching this interesting point of conflict. We were talking about this after the film, and this is our biggest sort of like driving joy for the upcoming season is they're communicating like it's going to be the last season or close to last season. There's yeah. some sort of penultimate buildup going on. Right. And it's interesting because obviously there's supposed to be 12 Hashira. Mm-hmm. So you look at the numbers, like, well, there's six right now because you've, you know, got Kanoji, the monk who's, I, I should probably just bring up his name so I stop being... <laughs> uh, come on, where are you? Uh, Himejima. Mm-hmm. So you've got Himejima, you've got Igoro, the serpent Hashira, Kanoji, the love Hashira, uh, Shinobu, the insect Hashira, and uh, who am I missing? I'm obviously missing... Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, uh, Tomioka. Tomioka. Yeah. And then Muichido. So you have all the different... You have the six current... Hashido. Yeah. And then you have what I assume are going to be the six potential candidates, which is mm-hmm. going to be Tanjiro, Inosuke, Sinitsu. There's three. Yep. I assume Kanao, uh, uh, Kanao is going mm-hmm. to be one. And then uh, we said uh, Genya was going to be the other one. Yeah. So there's your six. So that's a total of 12. But there's only three upper ranks left. And yeah. Muzan, Muzan's probably worth 12 on his own. Yeah. I assume that's the way they're going to go with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's this massive buildup happening for some major conflict and they're going to have to eat up some Hashira somewhere. Yeah. Cause there's no way any of those three upper ranks are equivalent mm-hmm. to the number and quality of Hashira that yeah. remain. <laughs> well, the interesting thing about this season too is the seasons previous were the demon slayers hunting the demons. This season is the exact opposite. Because they now that Nezuko can, uh, she's evolved to survive out in the sun, conquered the sun, as I said. Um, they want, well, actually, uh, what's I don't remember his name, the main demon guy. Oh, uh, Muzan? Yeah. Yeah. He mentioned that he didn't need anybody anymore because now he's just going to absorb her and become the ultimate demon. So yeah, he doesn't it. even need demons anymore. And so we're at this new point where he's fully hunting Nezuko. And w- the the tides are completely different now. With some limitations, obviously, because he's still not immune to the sun. And I'm 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 wondering how much right. they're going to play to this now that she's capable of that. Yeah. Right. And and the interesting thing too is what the other thing I'm excited about, and we have to wrap this up, but because <laughs> <laughs> we could talk about this forever, and maybe yeah. we'll make a special. I don't know, but um, the thing I'm most interested for in this season is at this point for the demons. There's only so many things they've seen yeah. of Tanjiro, Inosuke, you know, mm-hmm. Zenitsu, and Nezuko. Yeah. They're, we're kind of running out of gimmicks. So Nezuko at this point has reached, I assume, her ultimate level. She has her blood demon art. She's mm-hmm. immune to the sun. And I don't imagine there's much more you can do with that. Yeah. Tanjiro is just going to level, because that's his, his shtick. He's just yeah. going to reach one level of strength per season. Right. He's kind of the avatar. He's collecting, yeah. like he, He's collecting he did water. Others. Now he does sun, and apparently he does lightning now yeah, too. Yeah, he does some thunder so. breathing. Yeah, um, Zenitsu probably has no tricks left because he's yeah. been tapped out for a while. Inosuke's probably tapped out mm-hmm. for his abilities. So I'm wondering where they're going to go. I feel like the demons have seen all the tricks at this point, and this is yeah. going to be. I hope this is a dark season, 
where the demons get a, get some upper hand mm, yeah. because they've seen it all at this point. The only thing Muzan can do from a story writing perspective is to try to pick off Hashida so he doesn't have a big yeah. Lord of the Rings scale mega yeah. demon fight because it's not practical. Yeah. Um, I'm also curious. They're already playing up the drama of the master possibly mm-hmm. passing away or being completely yeah. comatose. Yeah. And I want to say this is a rage point for me if it happens. I hope they don't just res him because mm-hmm. d- I think he's going to die and I hope they leave it. I, I, I'm sorry. Yeah. I feel no emotion about it. He hasn't mm-hmm. really factored in well, a lot he, for me. Yeah. I, I don't care about him at all because all he is is just a guy that showed up once or twice. He's a finger pointer. He's a delegator. He's a manager. He just yeah, says, I don't know here, anything about him. Yeah. Now that might change. Yeah. Maybe they'd have to flashback, I guess. I yeah, assume maybe. he has some per- very, Oh yeah. It's his brother. It's his I brother. Guess, yeah. So he has that familial connection to Muzan and there's probably mm-hmm. something there. And I assume yeah. playing tropes, uh, I assume Muzan's going to come by and wipe him. Yeah. He's weak now. So, but, um, I mm-hmm. hope that whatever upper hand they get isn't somehow just flipped yeah. back on its head because it would, the yeah. master's here. Yeah, it would make it would make sense to kill him off because that would be like uh, the whole well, organization now falls apart yep. and now you're gonna, now it's like we're bits and pieces and we need to figure out how to continue. Yeah, that's so, what I'm hoping for. Yeah, but yeah. So overall, um, for me, the. To the training arc, definitely a nine out of ten was well worth yeah. going to theaters to see. Yeah, it was so and, much fun. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna quickly run through a couple other topics. Uh you've got some more music to talk about, which is kind of yeah. fun. I don't this week, but what do you got? Um this this is kind of going back to what I was talking about with Kingdom Hearts. I rediscovered so there's a song associated with Kingdom Hearts called Simple and Clean, and a a musician called my PC went to sleep. It's all good. Um, musician called uh, Imprint After does these like really cool remix. He calls them flips. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's so beautiful. It's been on repeat. I can't stop listening yeah, to you, it. You sent it to me. It was, yeah. it was nice. It almost reminds me of like Pogo-ish. No, maybe not as much because no, Pogo does a lot really. of sampling, but like. Yeah. Just, it's, it's just, it's just like a sort of trancey clubby, like, I don't know. Yeah. Shift. Yeah, like a more relaxing version. Um, yeah, which was super cool, and that's kind of what got me thinking back about Kingdom Hearts. So, yeah. I'm really fun. I'm uh, really fun. Why did I say that? <laughs> <laughs> um, video games this week. Uh, we promise. Wow. Yeah, Genshin forever Genshin. and always. We love um, Genshin, and we'll never stop. Uh, not a lot to talk about this week, but we're mm-hmm. working towards Inazuma. So hopefully, yeah. after going through some story finished, stuff this week, we'll have more to say on the yeah, matter. I finished. Um, the Archon uh, quest for uh, no. Oh. What's what's the new valley? Oh, Chenyu Valley. Chenyu Valley. Chenyu Chenyu Vale. There you go. I finished that. That was beautiful. Uh, I'm really excited for you to finish it too. Because yes. There's um there's After a whole the secret Ooh. area. There's a whole secret area that I Ooh. finished that you didn't. Oh. You haven't seen yet, and um, it, it's it was so much fun. Nice. Uh, and then one thing we want to kind of playfully touch on is mm. <laughs> Wick Donalds. Wick what the Donalds. fuck, dude? I am so excited for this. <laughs> So McDonald's, so in the 90s, there was a trope where whenever the characters would go to McDonald's, they just flipped the M to a W yeah, for and called it McDonald's. Or trademark or whatever. Yeah. Um, and McDonald's is putting out a slice of life comedy about <laughs> McDonald's workers called McDonald's. <laughs> and they're even bringing a, a special sauce to, um, Amer- I think it's actually worldwide um, that they're coming out with this. But um, it's, 
it's it sounds really good, and I'm definitely going to be ordering some chicken nuggets in the next couple days. <laughs> um, it's called the McDonald's Savory Chili Sauce, which is chili paste, uh, ginger, garlic, and soy, which sounds it does great. sound really good. Yeah. yeah, but I'm also just kind of excited to see a really <laughs> silly anime about McDonald's. <laughs> I, can I point out really quick though? This is the ultimate timeline that a major corporation is not shitting on another corporation or creative entity for yeah. using what is obviously their trademark. Yeah. Like for McDonald's, this is one of those, if they were Nintendo, they would have already ceased and desisted every anime that ever existed <laughs> and every studio that ever existed going, yeah. no, stop using your fucking shit. It's obviously McDonald's. Yeah. But I just love that McDonald's has gone. Now nah, we mm. embrace this shit. Yeah. It's like, Who's next? KFC? Come on. I want to see an anime <laughs> about the Colonel. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Which we've had. They've done some stuff. They, I, don't, they, I don't think they've done an anime, but they did, they did have. Um, I remember. A yeah, yeah. Game? yeah. Yeah. It was, um, it was a visual novel where you fall yes. in love with. Yeah. It's a dating, the dating sim. The yeah. dating sim, yeah. <laughs> um, but the Wick Donalds, it's a four episode, like short, I guess. Um, the first one is action. The second one is romance. The third one is mecha. And the fourth <laughs> one is fantasy. <laughs> mecha McDonald's? Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's gonna be good. So I'm I'm excited. For we it. will definitely have uh, if we can get. Hopefully, it goes out on Crunchyroll. If it does, I we will definitely talk about it on the podcast. Yeah, I'll have to look deeper into where where it's uh, showing. Um, we want to give ourselves for some uh, serious shit uh, this week. Give us gives ourselves some time. So we're gonna come back for the anime review. I know we promised one this week. But looking yeah. at the timer, we'll I, come back to it. Uh, yeah, I already figured that. We talked about that before. I was like, <laughs> yeah. we have too much to talk about up front. We're, so if you're on Twitch, uh, privilege, ready? Oh, there it is. Okay, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I do have something for this. I didn't mention this uh, earlier, but uh, the, in the section we like to call <laughs> things we think are fucking dumb. Got me mid-sip. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I did it. I was like, I saw you drinking coffee. I didn't say it. Uh, things we think are fucking dumb. Um People who wait three hours for one parking space when they could have gone two rows over and oh got another. God, dude. That was so, so, so stupid. Well, the thing, too, I, I need to rant a little bit. I, I go need to go a little it. bit further on this because they almost ran us over because they fucking backed out. They, they reversed almost the All whole way damn the way down yeah. the aisle, which it was a big aisle, by the way. Um, then they sat there. They almost ran into us. We sat there, like played a little like. Like, do we uh, want to cross and get run over? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, what, what's the Game like chicken? The, no, not chicken. The the West, the old Western where they like go back to back and then whoever shoots each other first. Oh, yeah. Like draw. Like draw. draw. Yeah. yeah. Like we were sitting there like, <laughs> all right, who's going to make the first move? <laughs> then we got to our car. We assumed that they were waiting for us because they saw us and then were backing into us. Yeah. But then they didn't. They just sat there. Then the person that they were actually waiting for left and then they just kept sitting there also <laughs> the parking structure that we were in has indicators showcasing which ones are free and, and how many and how many and there was like three right next door like the, <laughs> the aisle over and they're dude yeah the? things we think are absolutely yeah that was uh, fucking dumb <laughs> things for are really sure. fucking dumb <laughs> anyway uh we will be right back after a brief break All right, on to the second half of our podcast, which, as always, mm. we call serious shit. And as always, the topics we're going to talk about, opinions are our own, and they can get a little spicy, so yeah. trigger warnings will be served. Uh, today's topics are actually on the lighter side, lighter. so I don't think yeah. this is going to be uh, too crazy. 
but they are definitely real world topics. Yeah. Uh, the first article we have. Yeah, I kind of want to talk about this because. Yeah, go crazy. <clears throat> so the first one is Sega developers say new Sapporo studios lead to better lives. I got to be honest with you. When I first read this, I read Sapporo as the beer and I was like, hell yeah, they're getting <laughs> fucking drunk every day and lives are so much better. I want to talk about this. Uh, but no, that's not what oh. happened. Um, although I do agree with that because I come from a workplace where everybody drinks all day long and we're all pretty happy go lucky. So maybe they should try that, especially <laughs> being in Sapporo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, drunkenness is the answer um i actually don't know what this article is about because it's behind a paywall and i can't read it <laughs> i can tell you i've read it previously okay um so basically sega is opening the first major AAA studio in hokkaido so yeah. sapporo if you don't already know is on the island of hokkaido the northernmost island in japan and Hokkaido is not known whatsoever for its industry mm-hmm. um even sapporo beer has manufacturers outside of yeah. The island of Hokkaido. Yeah. So it's it's kind of interesting seeing somebody with money choose both island-wise and prefecturally-wise Hokkaido. Because Hokkaido in Japan, so Japan has four main islands. Honshu, Shikoku, which is a little island uh, to the like southeast. Kyushu, which is its like toe, for lack of better words. And then Hokkaido, which is the island in the north. Hokkaido is known for agriculture, um, mm-hmm. sort of, um, snow, I was, it's hard to get around <laughs> it, but yeah, it's known for having some pretty hostile weather and snowfall yeah. and it's pretty rural. It's not very built up, yeah, but it's even the massive, major city is like, yeah, it, so, it doesn't feel like the rest of no. Japan. Hokkaido, Hokkaido, a lot like the little islands chain of Okinawa is very, very uniquely itself. Even yeah. among Japanese folks, they're like, oh, mm-hmm. Hokkaido is definitely yeah. <laughs> in the sticks for us. Yeah. Um, Which, so, yeah, I, I love. I, I, I'm completely enamored by Hokkaido. I think yeah. it's my favorite of all the places. I hate snow, but mm-hmm. I love Hokkaido so yeah. much. I, uh, that's, that's where I would probably Hokkaido, personally want to live. I, I like Hokkaido. I mean, I'm, I'm totally biased towards Kyushu just because I yeah. love the vibe of the people in southern Japan. But yeah. until I truly visit and get to absorb yeah, it, I, I, we'll, we'll never we know. Might, right? We might discover that our, our opinions flipped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, exactly. Um, but the thing about this article that's fascinating is Sega, so they made the decision to put a studio in Hokkaido because, one, the, the real estate value and just... Yeah. It's easy to start a tech startup in Hokkaido because no one wants to go there. You're, yeah. you're not competing for yeah. Tokyo real estate here. Yeah. That's usually right? what happens, right, is like big corporations find cheap places yeah. and, and people that are willing to work in like a whole new workforce and everything because it's just yeah cheaper. But the biggest thing for Sega that's beneficial is Hokkaido's work culture is a little different than most uh-huh. of Japan's because Hokkaido, it is the largest prefecture yeah. in real, in sorry, uh, landmass. Yeah. But the smallest, well, not say that's not true, it's not the smallest, but it is the smallest population mm. density yeah. of all the prefectures of all 47. So it is a large space with very little going on. Yeah. And Sega thought, well, it's, it's sure their financial and real estate benefits are obvious, mm-hmm. but also we can bring our workers here, help, well, they hope, solve some of the population decline in rural areas by making a mainstream business have a rural office yeah, um, and draw younger people to Hokkaido, which has been an incredibly outside of Sapporo, which obviously this is in Sapporo. So we're really not solving the whole countryside problem, but at least we're getting closer. Yeah. 
if I had to pick between Tokyo, Osaka, Hiroshima, I uh, Sapporo would not have been on my list yeah. for major <laughs> game studio. But Sega's hope is that they can kind of begin bridging the gap between Japan's rural countryside vibe mm-hmm. and the city vibe yeah. because the city's full. And, and Sega's attitude as it is, is, you know, what this reminds me of, I can summarize this a little easier. Um, <clears throat> during the early dot-com boom, yeah. all of the major, uh, I don't want to say studios, that's the wrong word, major companies, mm-hmm. they all had a very cubicle-esque, like look at IBM or yeah. Apple or whatever. They all had a very cubicle driven just like rest mm. of corporate america vibe yeah you went to your office you clocked in you did everything as you normally did mm. and then google and apple sort of started and even microsoft towards yeah. the, the tail end of the 90s and early 2000s began bucking this trend of going yeah. well what if we have open plan mm. spaces what if we have a starbucks yeah. what well, if that we was have... the thing that that amazon did is amazon, amazon yeah. they they because when they first started out they were just like a silly little book store that just like happened to sort of take off and um they were just in like a random space in Seattle, just like a mm-hmm. random office space. And it was just a big mess. Everybody was just, they had whatever nerdy geeky things they wanted out on display. And, and they were just all in the same room, basically just being nerds with each other. And like that, that sort of took off. And then also Facebook did the same thing where it's yeah. like, again, they were just nerdy college students. So they all just kind of like bucked it together in a, in a yeah. room. So- and th- th- that became the norm. And it's interesting because Japan has been vastly behind that. Yeah. Again, Japan does live in a, we've talked about Galapagos syndrome before, where what happens mm-hmm. in Japan is unique to it because of its yeah. homogeneity and its... I wonder uh, how much of that is is due to the hierarchy thing, too, because, like, oh, like, if your boss... Oh, senpai thing? Yeah, because, yeah. like, why would you be in the same room, like, cracking jokes, opening up a beer with your boss... When you have that type work of culture. Hours. Right. Yeah. You do that like here work. in the US, like that's what I did when I was still working in office before I yeah. took my work from home job. Like we, we just, you just goof around with your boss. Like he's one of the boys, but like that's because in America we don't have that necessarily. Like not as much. We have a little bit of a respect your elders sort of thing, but like pretty much everybody's on an equal basis yeah. here. And so it's kind of cool to see a game studio go, well, we have the corporate culture. We have our offices, our cubicles, and that's in Tokyo or Osaka, wherever their major yeah. offices are. I actually didn't look to see where their main offices. I would assume <laughs> Tokyo, but I don't know. They went, no, we're going to do Sapporo. We're going to go to Hokkaido, a prefecture not known for its nightlife, not known for its leisure, not known for its tourism as much. Mm-hmm. And we're going to settle there and we're going to drag 20 something, 30 something, 40 something adults yeah, with us, and they're gonna like it. It, you know, I think this is badass, and like I think this is a sick fucking decision from Sega. Like, way to get ahead of every other studio in Japan by understanding that the whole cubicle-driven, rigid city life only attitude yeah. is not very forward thinking of them. And I think it's gonna. There's gonna be two things happening at the same time. One, I really hope these folks breathe life into the Hokkaido countryside. Yeah, increase tourism, increase. Um, the need for modern businesses mm. in what is a pretty not built up prefecture. Yeah. Uh, again, very little population density in Hokkaido. And I hope that trend trickles down into, you know, the other Northern prefectures like mm-hmm. Aomori. Um, and I hope we start seeing uh, that begin to filter through the rural yeah. prefectures in Japan. Well, but this also that, makes sense just based on um, what we talked about previously with the the issue that Japan's having of everybody leaving the countryside if you start taking all the big businesses and putting them in the countryside it's gonna 
allow more people to like stay where they're from originally or yep. move to the countryside. Well, and, and it and, won't be so countryside-y. Like you'll yeah. you'll be well, going somewhere bigger. And the, I was going to say, there's also going to be a positive flip to this where a lot of folks... Look, I'm a city kid, right? I, I mm-hmm. love cities. Yeah. I've always grown up in cities. I've never lived in any true countryside in my college town. <laughs> Whatever. Kinda. I guess it kind of counts, but yeah. I didn't do country living even there. Yeah. But... I would prefer the peace and quiet mm-hmm. of a rural town with right. my current job and responsibilities, which yeah. is kind of not realistic given what I do for a living. Right. <laughs> but if this is going to start becoming a thing where Japan goes, well, wait a minute, we could move these major businesses into the countryside. Yeah. And I know Sapporo's not the countryside, but it's closer than most. Right. They're still in the main city, but like yeah. they're in the northern part. Let me put it this way. The distance between a commute from anywhere in Hokkaido to Sapporo yeah. And anywhere in Japan to Tokyo mm-hmm. is radically shorter. Yeah. I I can go live three or four towns away from Sapporo and commute to it and be able to live in a nice rural area yeah. with a beautiful view, cheap real estate, place to raise my kids, probably have a great some great schools, start building up the area, make my, maybe have some of my own side business hustle on the side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And bring all that, and then the countryside bring benefits to me: improved health, you know, mm. not having to worry about noise pollution and all that. Yeah, it's a win-win. So you know, Sega saying that this is going to be an improvement for their workers that they don't have to live city life by force; it's yeah. by choice. Yeah, that's great. Mm. That's awesome, and I hope we see more of that. Yeah. Uh, the other article, and the way we'll finish today, um, is kind of you were talking earlier about how you were going back on the whole, the whole like nostalgia boner slash yeah. reminiscent thing. Yeah. And if there's anybody or any culture that has not let go of the nineties, <laughs> it's Japan. Yeah. Uh, Japan is the only place I know where you can go and get a used, uh, NES, a uh, used SNES for <laughs> a couple hundred yet. And it looks brand new and probably runs. Yeah. Uh, and this, of course, I'm not going to harp on this because every fucking YouTuber to Japan has talked about Japan's obsession with old electronics and <laughs> old stuff. But this article we found again, the Japan times, our favorite source for news uh, is this article is about straight to video content. Um, straight to video. Uh, the, our listener demographic is, pretty well balanced. We've got a nice range of folks from late teens to forties yeah. and we've got a nice coverage. So we've got some folks who've, who've, who are our age that grew up in the nineties with VCRs, maybe even Betamax, but mm-hmm. we've also got younger folks. who have probably never seen a physical yeah. medium <laughs> for digital or for content. Yeah. And the whole straight to video thing is something that is definitely a millennial slash Gen mm-hmm. X concept. Yeah. So back in the nineties, a lot of, um, a lot of major studios would produce a hit of some kind and then go, well, if I want to follow up on this, I don't want to take any financial gambles. So I'm going to make it a sequel yeah. or a trilogy or whatever, but I'm going to straight to VHS or straight to DVD. it. I'm going to send it straight to home video. Mm-hmm. So that way I can sell the physical medium. And if I get a lot of copies, great. And if I don't, I just stop producing physical copies. I don't have to worry about the box office. Yeah. And so straight to DVD, or sorry, straight to VHS, and then later straight to DVD became its own industry. And funnily enough, that's not gone. Uh, even mm. with the streaming revolution, companies like Disney and, um, oh my God, my brain just blanked on other options. But like Universal? What do they have? 
I'm oh, trying to think of like the what their streaming service. Oh, <laughs> oh no. you're talking about streaming service. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was uh, Paramount I was, was the one I was thinking of. Yeah. But like Disney and Paramount both have had straight to their streaming service yeah. content stuff that did not go to box office mm-hmm. and stuff that didn't go to cable or paid. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, TV. every all of the streaming services like Netflix and Hulu and all of that, they have their own like exclusives that yep. they put out. Yeah. So this article says threatened with extinction V cinema, which is straight to home video cinema hopes for new saviors. And the whole article talks about how collectors both in the United States uh, or, or, or I said both in the United States, Britain and Japan are the major countries are trying to archive digitally archive um, straight to VHS and straight to DVD cinema and Japan's straight to physical medium or straight to home video, uh, revolution actually matches America's. So in America, obviously the biggest ones were definitely Disney universal, Sony paramount. Mm-hmm. Again, Disney would do the, the Tigger movie and then do, well, it, it was only okay in box office. Tigger movie two is now a straight to VHS. Yeah. Um, as just the first example that came, that came to my mind. Yeah. Or Lion King 2, right? Like, yeah. I don't even remember. Well, it was Lion King 1 and a half or, or 1 and a half. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. <laughs> well, they did that with, like, all the princess movies, too, like Pocahontas oh, yeah, yeah. 2 or Cinderella 2. 2. Yeah, yeah. Those, that was all straight to VHS. But a lot of this is decent. Now, personally, I maybe I'm just an elitist. I never vibed with straight-to-home video content. It mm. was just never... Even now, on the digital revolution, outside of some really good docu-series, mm. I don't really watch stuff that went straight to a streaming service. It's usually I'm watching it because I didn't see it in theaters, and that's why most yeah. of my streaming. Yeah. Um, but I think it's really cool that a lot of the cinema is being preserved. Now, to be fair, a lot of straight-to-home video content, both in Japan and the U.S., is kind of um, <clears throat> erotica, yeah. Uh, slasher slash oh, what's the word uh, like torture porn gory mm. sort of stuff yeah so there's a lot of not very um someone's gonna roast me for this not very artistic content <laughs> i don't know uh, again that probably sounds a little elitist of me um yeah. i went through my phase well, where i was the in- reason yeah it, it went straight to vhs because it wasn't deemed worthy enough to go into theaters right. so it's not going to be up to par Typically. But at the same token, there's probably some great gems. I'm sure there's tons of like indie sort of culty yeah. um, followings well, for something that like nobody cared about at the time, but it's actually really good. Well, and there's this there's this gentleman uh, cited in the uh, or uh, in the article uh, named mm. Tom Mez, and he uh, wrote a big portion of this article. And one of the things he talks about is he's trying to preserve V Cinema because in V Cinema, a lot of major actors and composers and directors got their start and a lot of the content is like indie film we see today like if you said you saw an indie film where would you say you probably saw it like what source for an in, for like if you saw an indie film today where would you yeah. say you probably saw it well i think all all of the indie stuff is going through um uh, what are they called oh you're thinking much deeper than i was thinking i was going <laughs> to say youtube genuinely like if i if i find YouTube. Yeah, no, seriously. If I find indie stuff, it's almost always because someone says, well, I found this person who makes YouTube videos. Like, look back, even into the early mm. 2000s, right? Like, Freddie Wong, Corridor Digital. Yeah. The whole, like, independent producer thing, I almost always think of YouTube because YouTube enables that sort of content production. It's getting less these days because short form is beginning to take over, but still. Almost, I would not think of YouTube. Well, what would you think of? <laughs> I'm trying to Like, Indiegogo? <laughs> no. 
hold on, I need to. Uh, or like Vimeo? <laughs> no. Well, anyway, what? while you're looking that up, but like whenever I think of indie content, no matter where you got your indie content from, the thing about indie content is indie content didn't go to a major streaming service likely it probably didn't go to tv and cable or to a subscription service it probably hasn't gone to physical medium i don't actually i don't know many indie filmmakers these days that would produce physical media Mm -hmm. so i think it's kind of neat that basically this gentleman thomas he says i'm going into all of this straight to home video cinema because there's guaranteed to be some really good triple a quality content buried amongst all these gems and because when the world transitioned so quickly from physical content yeah you found the name yeah a24 a24 oh yeah yeah, i've heard of a24 yeah Yeah, okay but they're the indie arty artsy art house art house films yeah um but like no matter where you find your indie content though in the you know probably mid to late 2000s the world transitioned so quickly and so fiercely from physical medium to digital streaming and digital medium that there's guaranteed to be thousands of quality titles that just missed the boat and yeah. were just just gone because if you think about it right if if you were watching I think the death of physical media, I think was Blu-ray Blu-ray was so outrageously expensive yeah. and so difficult to access because they produced it in such limited numbers. Yeah. And of course getting Blu-ray players, which were more expensive than your average DVD player. I think Blu-ray yeah. killed physical medium for a lot of people and uh, HD or region locked DVDs as well, mm. where you couldn't go get your favorite indie content on DVD because it was yeah. region locked now. Yeah. The physical medium died, digital medium took over, and then if you were someone at that time who went, well, I can't afford to go to a publisher for digital, so I'm just going to go ahead, and and YouTube wasn't your thing, I'm going to go ahead and produce the DVD, and then no one bought it, Mm because they had already moved on to the digital world. They already cut their cables, essentially. Yeah, that's what happened in my family. Like We we were a DVD, well, we were VHS, swapped to DVD. Yep. Blu-ray came out. It was too expensive. So we, we just stopped doing either. it. Yeah. And then as DVDs started to die, we were like, well, as, as like Blockbuster and stuff started to die, we, we had to look elsewhere, which yep. was Netflix. And then once Netflix yes. was like, hey, you don't have to order CDs anymore or actually, DVDs anymore. You could just watch it straight from here. And that was the end. You just nailed it. Actually, I guess, I guess technically Netflix was the killer of physical media because it mm-hmm. introduced world streaming <laughs> yeah streaming streaming video uh at a professional level not youtube sort yeah. of copy paste um but yeah so i think it's really cool that in japan again japan's attitude towards preserving anything is admirable and it's cool to see japan teaming up with other nations including this gentleman you know uh, from the uk mm-hmm. to sort of preserve content that got skipped in the gap between the physical world and the digital one. Yeah. And in Japan, especially um, once again, referring to my favorite uh, podcaster and content uh, producer, Chris broad, something he mentions in abroad in Japan is the physical medium has not yet truly died in Japan. In fact, uh, actually I want to quote something in this article that I thought was really fascinating. Where is it? Uh, Here we go. So physical content shops, and I'm talking music CD shops and DVD shops, all that. There's mm-hmm. still over 2,000 of them in Japan. And remember, Japan is the size of California. Yeah. So in a pretty small space, 2,000 physical media shops still exist. That's a crazy high number. That's 2023, by the way. Yeah. 
<clears throat> and now there were 16,000 of them in 1989, which is just what from Jesus Christ. Yeah. Did we even have that many blockbusters in the U S I don't even know, <laughs> but like Japan is still obsessed with physical media. So mm. there are tons of people who still get their music on CD yeah. still get. Um, uh, what's the big one that they always use that we never caught on here. Um, not micro. Uh, what's the little oh. discs, the PSP ones, the micro disc. No, what's oh, it called? I don't know. Mini. Well, the, the PSP was a UHD. I don't know what. The, uh, oh yeah. But there's another, there's a mini disc. Mini disc. Okay. Japan had a ton of media disc media that I don't think yeah. I ever saw here. I don't think I ever. I had a lot of mini disc stuff, but it was Did all you? like okay. It was like demos for games. Yeah, that was the only thing I had ever too. I yeah. don't think I ever had music on mini disc, but it was a no. thing in Japan. Uh, it's I, still. I feel is. like I might. I don't know. I don't. Know, I don't remember. It, it wasn't a big enough of a thing for me to remember. <laughs> yeah. So that's super cool, and of course, seeing VHS get preserved is neat. I have a little mm-hmm. bit of a soft spot for vhs be kind rewind <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't know uh, it, yeah. it's just if if space wasn't an issue i would love to have all physical stuff but i i just i hate having lots of clutter yeah and i i, I i'm curious piggybacking off conversations we had in previous episodes go watch them i'm curious with video game industries and video industries kind of removing your right to ownership of digital content yeah I wonder how many folks are going to absolutely bring back physical mm. media. Oh, shit. I forgot. There was an article. I should have saved it. Mm. Someone has invented a two terabyte CD. Oh, dude. No, hold on. I Before we finish wow. this episode, I must. Uh, scientists <laughs> invent massive CD. Um, oh, where is it? 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 There was an article. Damn, I'm going to have to find this yeah. and come back to it. Okay, I'm going to make a note on our episode to come back to this next week. Yeah, but th- That's great. My brain is like going wild trying to figure out how you <clears throat> get two terabytes on a CD. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, but they just... Uh, scientists invent massive optical CD. I don't know. Um, oh, here it is. Researchers have developed what they call the very big disc, VBD, <laughs> that can store 200 terabytes of data. What the fuck? It's physical. I'm fucking stoked because this could be, I just freaked out. I'm sorry. I'll calm down now. I just realized how loud I was, but like (laughs) scientists have just revived. Yeah. Physical media, possibly. Mm-hmm. Now, we don't know. Of course, this could be like any other yeah. tech where you know, it gets picked up and thrown out next week. Right. It's probably like a cool use case that's going to get used for something else. But but it's... <laughs> this is crazy. It's It uses 100 layers. Blu-ray was four. It yeah. uses 100 layers of holographic <laughs> capacity. I don't think this is going to be like... A no, disc it's, like it's the thick. same CD size as the current thickness. Damn. And it says, right now, the solution is being developed exclusively for enterprise storage. However, mm-hmm. the disks are highly stable, have a lifespan of 50 to 100 years. Yeah, that's nice. Which is way over HDD storage. Yeah. And it could be easily downsized. <laughs> I, I'm just... That's awesome. Holy crap. I would love to do it, because that's the one thing that I always do. If there's something that I really love, I will get it on physical for, like, a nice rainy day or whatever. Yes. Yeah. But... This piggybacks perfectly off of what we just discussed. If if the preservation of physical media is a thing and companies keep going the way of denying folks the right to own their digital content, yeah. it's only a matter of time before physical media, like brick and mortar stores, which mm. have been making a comeback, 
before it all comes back. Yeah. And it would be kind of crazy to see, is the world really going to go back to mm. 90s living? Yeah. Here we are, brick and mortars and DVDs again. Oh, mm. dude, I, I, I'd kind of live for it. It'd yeah. be kind of fun. That'd be fun. Well, anyway, long episode. I mean, it's actually only been an hour and four minutes. Yeah. <laughs> we, we traded some things for other things. Um, but thank you all for tuning in. This was episode six of the Shinigami Love Apples podcast. If you liked what you heard, please do consider subscribing to the podcast on your favorite podcast service or follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Shinigami underscore love underscore apples. <laughs> also, if you feel like sending us some wonderful hate mail, fan mail, or otherwise just want to critique all of our audio quality, you can send those hateful bits of shit. <laughs> I have demotivated everyone now. You can send all of your favorite f- flaming dumpster fires to our email, which is shinigami loveapples dot podcast at gmail.com. I've been Shinigami Ping Ping. That was Shinigami Yu Yu, and we will see you next week. Mm-hmm.